Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, hear hear that in my voice, that excitement. I feel like I should get closer to the mic. Oh yeah. No, we're back. It feels good. Um, you know, strange things happen. And sometimes you make the best plans you can. And I know that Mitch is gonna hear this and he's I I, I know intuitively he's gonna be like, Oh man, I'm so sorry. And Mitch, you shouldn't be sorry. You've got a job to handle and you have crazy ass people that don't know what they're doing. And I won't drag the the people too hard, except to say, I hope they uh, can get my, you know, grande cappuccino right better than they do by by causing your life to be chaotic sometimes, if you know what I'm saying. But Mitch, we miss you. We'll catch you on the next go, and it's no big deal. And today it is bad Becky with the bitchin' hair. I'm going to say bitchin' because it feels good to say bitchin'. Oh, it's real bitchin' today. <laughs> <laughs> it's a funky hair, funky hair. It's Me on the top of me. my head. Just finished cleaning my entire house after, you know that like really good clean after like a depression? Like, yeah. I call it, I call it depression cleaning. Winter cleaning. That That's thing. what winter cleaning is. There's spring <laughs> no, cleaning just... and then there's winter cleaning. Like winter cleaning no, to like... depression, spring into happiness. <laughs> no, like, sun. you know, you've had a rough, shitty few weeks at work and you're just really down on yourself. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I'm going to clean my house and then I'm going to feel better. And it always works every time. I think that's identifiable to the, probably the world, but for right now, the country. You know, I think people can identify with that feeling. Everybody's had that feeling, man. Everybody's oh, totally. had that feeling. Um, but hey, I got. I, I will say, when one of my favorite things that I think a lot of, um, I don't even know if women that get this, or at least all women, get, I don't know if they get this, but for some men like myself, the most one of the most attractive looks for me and i'm sure if i dig hard enough i'll find weird reasons why <laughs> but i i really dig that dress down super comfy like old baggy t-shirt and like shorts or pajama pants kind of like hair up in a banana clip yeah like the sweats like that that warm i don't know man that to me is magnetic like that's I don't know what that is. I don't know where that came from. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the dressed up. I like the makeup. I like get the you a girl that can do both. Whole thing. Well, that's the thing, right? You yeah. gotta have the girl that can do both. I don't think I would be able to be happy with somebody that couldn't have that dressed down. I don't give a shit. I'm gonna clean out my house. Kind of look, you know. Let's be I mean, realistic. Seriously. Like all these, like you know, people that claim, oh, I don't wear sweats. Lies. Lies. lies dude lies because i'm sorry when i get when i get becky with the good hair like hot going out getting ready that takes me at least two and a half maybe three hours i mean girl me too i don't get beautiful and i'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding all right for me, i obviously don't do i mean we don't wake up it. looking like supermodles i woke up like this no you don't no, no, I, I get yeah, Mr. Beyonce. <laughs> Not Honestly, all of us have great plastic surgeons. Great band name. If I do go with a band name, it's going to be Mr. Beyonce. 
I that think that's copyrighted, be, so I don't think it probably that. is, but it's still pretty good. Yeah. Unless you're Jay-Z and somebody calls you that, then you're probably pissed. Unless you spelt it a different way, like Beyonce, you know. Like there's hyphens in there and shit. Yeah. Yeah, I got to put a hyphenated name. Go the, go the Elon, <laughs> Elon way and do like symbols and stuff like that. S-A-Y, S at yeah. symbol Y. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, you know what? I did not even intro the show. We just got right into talking about, you know, baggy sweatpants and how sexy they are. Um, welcome to another episode of Brevity Box, BBX, as we like to call it here. BBX is brought to you by the Ruminations Radio Network. I say it every time I introduce this podcast about how many different podcasts we have, and we're getting more popular. And, and there is an interesting little milestone that I'd like to bring up to everybody. One of my favorite podcasts, because I am a movie junkie. I grew up watching movies. I love all movies, even bad B movies or spaghetti Westerns. It doesn't matter what it is. I will usually spend some time watching it. It has to be terrible, 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 or really hit me in a way where I hate the movie and I have to just walk away. And even those, I will still stay and watch it. But if you like movies like I do, one podcast that we have as part of our network is called Cinephile Hissy Fit with your hosts, Will and Don, who are great critics, recognized movie critics, really good at what they do. I appreciate their perspective and agree with them 90% of the time. We just got a great, like, they should be praised. And I haven't even congratulated them directly yet but cinephile hissy fit another ruminations radio network production has been listened to in 50 countries countries 50 of them which is pretty dope i thought we were hot shit when it was like five like i was pretty pleased that we were being listened to in five countries and these guys added a zero and made me feel small again (laughs) then <laughs> they're doing amazing work and you should really good. take the time to listen to their podcast or any of the other podcasts that we have that are also gaining in popularity. People are listening. And if you like what we're doing here at BBX and you want to support us or you want to support the network, it's real easy to just hit subscribe. You can go a step further and go to our website at www.ruminationsradionetwork.com. And there is a list of all the podcasts that we are busy trying to produce for you regularly. I say regularly, recognizing that uh, we have not been as regular as we want to. In fact, the name of this episode is Intermittent Casting uh, (laughs) because we, you know, shit happens, man. Sometimes stuff, you know, gets in the way. We got Becky over here with her hair up after doing her winter cleaning and getting out of her depressive funk because she's been super busy saving the world. I say saving the world because, you know, I mean, there's a big RN that she worked, well, RNC, pardon me, behind her name that she's been, uh, you know, slaying to get out there and make a difference. And we kind of have mad respect for that because I happen to be married to an RNC and I know that it's not easy. I know there's a taxing laborious thing spilling your heart to a million kids a year and uh, mad respect so we don't mind having a little break here and there not to mention 
Mitch got married. And Yay! I had to go to that wedding. And we will save those details for when Mitch is here to share them. But I will tell you, it was amazing, unique, special, super fun. And um, I'm going to hit unique again, one of a kind. Like super one of a kind. Great moment. Uh, I'm still digressing over it. But yeah, check us out. Check out the website. Check out Cinephile Hissy Fit. Enjoy it. Our Enjoy our podcast. Too. Check out our, so- our socials are coming. We're going to be putting yeah. more emphasis into our social. I hear you got outreach. a new uh, social media manager. We do. Amazing. I heard she's pretty dope. Yeah, we've got a lot to talk about with that. In fact, we'll cover that here in just a second. Um, but yeah, welcome to the show. Episode 67. We're making our way up there. And it's good to be back and recording another episode after a few weeks away. All right. Moving on. Yeah, feeling good. <laughs> feeling good. I think that was the longest intro to a show that we've ever produced. Well, I mean, we <laughs> talked for like five minutes and then I went into it. And I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm trying not to buzz through it so quickly, too. No, I, I mean, know. I also want to kind of emphasize. A minute. I also want to emphasize, I mean, that, that 50 countries. That's well, a huge deal. It's a huge deal, and and they do great. It is a great show, mm-hmm. and um, and I, I I'm those are guys I look up to. I look up to their work ethic. I like what they do. Are it's a totally different kind of thing than what we're doing. We wanna we wanna make you guys that are listening to us feel like you're in the room with us, and that you're having a sort of everyday discussion. That because you're busy, or because you're working too much, or because maybe you have, uh, you know, what is it? from a old from a daft punk song we know you don't get to take a break this often so we're trying to give you like a a moment to kind of ease away from your everyday hectic riff and raff so you can just chill and listen to our crazy minds go at play so here we are here we are sans mitch we'll be back um but like becky was saying we are gonna we're at a place in in our development and growth as a network where it's like now we really want to start investing our efforts into more of a social media presence. I think mostly through Instagram and what, what are you thinking? Twitter? You thinking Twitter and IG are going to be our mainstays? Well, I mean, from what I've heard from the social media manager, probably um, Twitter, not so much. Just, you know, I feel like, I mean, she feels like (laughs) it's a dying (laughs) art. Uh, yeah, well, but definitely, I, uh, yeah. definitely more presence on Instagram, probably Facebook. My um, face. Sit on it. What? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was an old uh, bit on Thirty Rock uh, a long time ago oh, where they kept referring to to Facebook as they had my, a competitor yeah. called My Face, and I always thought that was funny. Definitely taking part in the meta, meta universe. Yeah, I, I you know I need to embrace. The whole just getting, you meta. know, just getting the word out there and, you know, these are great shows good. and great hosts with great stories behind why they do what they do. So I think you're going to see um, a lot of like host spotlights and, you know, just fun stuff with the hosts to kind of make it feel like a a friendly, like you're, you're tuning in to listen to a chat with your friends or, you know, just make it more approachable and just getting to know everybody better. Well, I think it should be, you know, I, I really do think that the group of hosts that we have are all, uh, 
really friendly and well-spoken and mm-hmm. easy to listen to. And even, even for things that maybe, you know, you'll discover you're more interested in than maybe you had presumed you were, you know, I, I honestly don't, as much as I love movies, if you were to ask me, do you like horror? Are you into horror movies? I, my initial answer, if I didn't give it any thought might be, well, not really, but I still find myself listening to ruminations of red rum mm-hmm. and listening to Kyle go deep into, you know, the director and what they had to go through during production and his perspective on a horror movie. And I'm, I, find him covering movies that I like that I enjoy and wouldn't have thought about it. Uh, Hide and seek was one of my favorite recent horror flicks. And I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought about it. Right. You know, it just, um, it wouldn't have been on that because I'm totally the Marvel horror you would expect, right? I'm too busy <laughs> thinking about uh, Avengers Endgame. You know, I mean, and look, that there's some great. I mean, I, you know, I I have a uh, great debates with people who've never seen them and just sort of write them off as kid stuff, and it it ends up spurring where I'm like, you need to give those more credit than yeah, give them a give them a chance. Uh, give them a good ASU try. Well, because I think if you if you were to take away the fantastical nature of them, the stories are really good. Right. I mean, they're really trying to deliver some great allegories and mm-hmm. messages. Look it up if you don't know what an allegory is. Spell it. <laughs> Spell it. You made that word up. <laughs> but anyways, anyways, yeah, really exciting stuff yeah, coming I from just our think uh, social media manager. I think it's cool to get inside people's heads. And find out like why their passion projects are their passion projects. Like I feel like feel you it. learn you learn a lot about people when you learn like what why they're passionate about something and it it helps you better understand like, oh well like it's not just a horror movie to them or it's not just cinema to them or it's not just gaming for them. It's this whole, you know, different world and different experience. And that's kind of cool to jump into. It's also one of those things where you you get an idea where if you're not exposed to that kind of thing and mm-hmm. somebody shares with you something that they appreciate about it and that they're really into it, it's not even that they're you're going to get into it. Like you don't have to go and start gaming if you meet somebody that's gaming, but you may not turn around and shit on the idea of gaming. Right. In the way that you did before because right. somebody exposes you to uh, something that you didn't anticipate because I can tell you there are friends of mine who are not gamers and and let me let, let me define that terminology here they're not they're not people that are going to spend any time playing games and they mm-hmm. probably never will and that's totally fine but the difference between the way they see it as a hobby when they give me a five minute shot to say what I liked about a game, not about Mm -hmm. the industry, not about all games, a game. There's relatable things that they can see and have parallels to why I like it. So somebody like uh, the hosts of cinephile hissy fit that we were just talking about, 
they understand that narrative, telling a story, are all major parts of very successful gaming properties. Mm-hmm. Like a you know, if, and you can let's take one that became a movie. Um, you have a game like Assassin's Creed. There are aspects of that game that are 100% cinematic Mm -hmm. and would surprise people. And I remember early on when they first, the first couple of games they came out with the company that develops that game, Ubisoft was going and getting ancient access to ancient maps of the cities that they were trying to reproduce. And so by the time they were able to recreate, you know, uh, mid medieval Jerusalem, their efforts were to the point that the city was so accurate that there are YouTube uh, channels that are dedicated to finding these historians and archaeologists who will sit and watch somebody go through these three-dimensional renders that they're trying to create a living, breathing thing where there's people in the market and they're walking around and you have nothing, they'll have nothing to do with you. You don't have anything to do with them. And you are playing the role of somebody in that world. And those people are surprised at the accuracy of what they're seeing presented to them because that's the way that that place actually looked. And they're, you know, if you were to give somebody a set of goggles, like if like Meta is about to produce their VR goggles, there's going to be some point where you're going to go into a classroom where some students are going to all have VR goggles on, and they're going to take a tour of what those places look like, whether it's Cairo or the the pyramids or um, mm-hmm. places like Jerusalem or Rome, and you're going to feel. Like you're in that city and they're, they're going to try to recreate what life was like. And that's in a, in a game that a lot of people would just think of Pac-Man, right? They would think of, mm-hmm. of pointless things. And look, to it is still a hobby. It's not vital. But there's a narrative. There's a set. And these are, you know, multi tens of millions, if not hundred mil- <clears throat> $100 million being put in these things. Somebody like Don and Will can kind of go, and identify with that as if we're talking about the movie Gladiator. And right. when, when everybody watches a movie like Gladiator and they see Russell Crowe, you know, ride into Rome, everybody's like, wow, that looks like what I imagine it really looked like. And then there's questions about accuracy and stuff like that. So, I mean, through these podcasts, you can get an idea of exactly what you're talking about why people love what they're doing and talking about in that episode. Um, I know that, that Hoptimus, who is the host of Retro Futurist Culture, when he's talking about a movie like Blade Runner, you can feel how passionate that is for him and has been since, it, since the first time he saw it as a boy. Right. And you'll learn things about that movie that the next time you watch it will change the way you view something, which I love. I love that aspect. And that's what makes it entertaining. You know, or for us, you know, you're not going to hear a dude talk for 10 minutes about a game and (laughs) and Cairo and pyramids. 
you know, and wax on about random shit like that. <laughs> but she'll know that it means something to me, and that's going to be yeah. okay. Yeah. That's going to be okay. I mean, we all have different interests, and I think that's what is so cool about the network is we all have such different interests, but yet they all tie in to each other's podcasts. I think that's They awesome. do. And I, th- I think that that, you know, it's interesting because it does put a bit, it gives us an opportunity to talk about what it is that we do here on our podcast is we really just try to keep a random topic conversation going. And I've often described it as hot takes on any and everything that we're going through or experiencing because we're like you guys, you know, we, uh, we have jobs and obligations and, and families and parents that irritate the shit out of us. And, <laughs> uh, you know, cars that, that are giving us trouble or, or, dogs that that knock other dogs out of their pathway in the middle of the air and and then that dog busts his face on the ground and now that tooth is a little loose and you know we we go through the same stuff and i think it's fun to have that feeling like you're sitting in the living room that's the best mm-hmm. with us because that's the best compliment i've gotten one we've had a guest on this show a couple of times which is a friend of ours um who i call you know, Agent G all the time, but Graham is a close friend, very successful individual, very smart individual. And the best compliment he gives our podcast is that it reminds him of times where he would be over at my house on a, on a Saturday after a barbecue and we're all just sitting around bullshitting with -hmm. something on in the background. And I'm, I'm such a curious person about the world around me that I'm reading different articles. You know, I know that you like, we're going to cover some interesting, I mean, material about the Waukesha parade trial and the things that are blowing my mind about that. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it, but we started this off by talking about games and, and movies and, and we can talk about sports because we care about sports. Uh, sorry, Mitch. I'm sorry, Mitch. I know sorry, you're I'm not parts. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry that when I when I see uh, a bunch of uh, Patriots fans start wearing stuff that says, if you're zappy and you know it, clap your hands or zappy place. <laughs> I, 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 I just I get caught up in those things, man. And I want to talk about it. You know, I want to I love quarterback controversies or 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 seeing Tom Brady fail. Yeah, I'm that oh guy. Oh, my God. I Come love at it, me, bro. Come at me, bro. I'm, I, mean, I mean, I'm sad for, I mean, I guess I'm not sad for his life, but it's just kind of like his, his midlife crisis. So, you know what? That's fine. Let's just go here. ahead and squeeze into that real quick <laughs> before we kind of go in there. What, I mean, this is kind of what a good example of what I'm saying. This is what BBX is free flow, good conversation. We have a, a vague idea of what we want to cover, but like right now, the impulse is we both want to shit on Tom Brady, so we're just going to go with it. Uh, <laughs> and who doesn't? And who does? Who does not? It, you're a diehard Tom Brady loving old school Pats fan. I mean, more power to you. I'm not taking anything away from you. And in a he lot of ways, still shit on I him. Get it? But th- some of them do. And so, I mean, some of them like seeing him struggle a little bit. I will say, if you're not an NFL fan and you don't think that it's like for grown ass jocks 
in this country, it is the closest thing to telenovelas that oh they're going to yeah. get. Especially I mean, this is, season. Especially this season. I mean, there's drama, there's plot lines, and, and let's catch you up on evil what it turns. is. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Here's how this works. Tom Brady, quarterback, Tampa Bay, retires at the end of last season and really does a somewhat convincing job of making this statement of, I'm sorry, or not I'm sorry, but I've enjoyed my career. It's done. I'm going home. And going to be with my family. Got to be with my family. But what you find out later and what the NFL ends up exposing is there was this subplot way, way, way on the down low where Tom Brady was going to work the system in a way that's against the rules so that he could go and play for the Dolphins in Miami. And Sean Payton was supposed to go and be the coach, but they got Mm -hmm. busted. Yeah. They got busted. And so (laughs) didn't happen. Uh, Tom Brady comes out of retirement, goes into Tampa Bay and it was right. Didn't look like himself. Doesn't look like himself. And right at the beginning of the season, you're talking about the person who's widely considered to be the greatest quarterback of all time. And now all the stories are about him and his very famous supermodel, uber successful wife. Who's more successful than he is. BT dubs. Yeah, she is. I mean, she's definitely got the She's the, the breadwinner of the family, if you look into it. Comparatively, and yeah. much more well-known and much more famous, for sure. And I'll let you uh, say her luxurious name so that I don't butcher it. Giselle Bunchen. Bunchen. I always screw up the Bunchen. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he's got a supermodel wife and uh, might be his ex-wife soon. And I don't wish that on anybody, but no. clearly she's pissed that he moved her to Tampa. Which I, think, I don't know I that think I can it's blame a long her. time. I think it's more than that. I think I know it is, but Tampa yeah. would definitely be the straw that broke the camel's back, don't you I, think? No, actually, I think what broke the back was his love of Gronk, his no. un, his uncomfortable affection. For I think Gronk. it all stems from unretiring. Is that yeah, word? for sure. Unretiring, coming out of retirement, unretiring. Yeah, I like unretiring. I like unretiring better. <laughs> Because, I mean, like, the move to Tampa put them in, like, the warmer weather like she wanted. And then he, like, dangled this whole, oh, we're going to be a family and, you know, I'm going to finally have time for the kids and for you. And then all of a sudden it was like, yoink. (laughs) Just kidding. Well, I think the reality was that he probably didn't think there would be any obstacles in his way to going to Miami. Yeah. It's like part of me thinks that there can't be any possible way that she wasn't like, we're moving to Miami. Miami's if I'm going to live in Florida, it Miami better be Miami. Miami. Yeah. And then, you know, and then, housewife of Miami. and then get stuck in Tampa <laughs> Bay and is not happy about it. And he doesn't, he never really wanted to retire. That was just a gambit. So that yeah. he could make the move to Miami when that didn't work out. He wanted to come out and he thought he had another chance at winning. And ultimately uh, I heard I heard uh, Tom Segura and Bert. I mean, I can't say his name correctly because nobody does, and it's just too funny not to. So I'm going to call him Bort Kirshner, uh, talking about the how machine. <laughs> the machine, the machine, yeah. That that uh, I love their pod. Their podcast freaking cracks me up. 
It I cracks me up. He, he, dude, I will talk about Bert for a second. But anyways, those two guys, they crack me up. I love their podcast. I never miss an episode. They're inspirational to me. Uh, they're also another podcast that even they are very successful comedians, but they're also just great friends and great conversationalists. Mm-hmm. And that atmosphere is kind of what I want too. I like that. And I don't think yeah. there's a lot of that kind of content out there. And they do it super amazing well. Um, and they work off each other really well, although Bort interrupts all the time and doesn't give Tom the chance to respond most of the time. And it <laughs> is super is fucking most. frustrating. Yeah. It is who he is. It is who he is. But they, they were in their most recent episode, they were talking about um, what's pretty widely known if you're into sports at all, that people like Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods or Tom Brady... They, there's being competitive and then there's a whole nother level as Tom Segura put it. And he's right. There's a point where they have to win. Mm -hmm. They have to win and they don't know how not to do that. And so you can imagine somebody like Tom, who's what, 45 now. Well, I mean, you can even say like Michael Jordan because he retired and then played baseball and then was like, I don't think I was done with basketball and then went back to basketball. I mean, has to be for anybody. Has to be at a point. Those guys are so talented and have so Mm -hmm. many gifts physically that they have to be at a point where they can't perform before they stop performing. Yeah, I think I don't think you get to the point of where you're called the greatest and like aren't super hard on yourself and know how to walk away with grace. Yeah, I think that's probably super. I'll never know. I'm. I don't know if I'm that good at anything. Maybe video games. But that's not hard to retire from. <laughs> I don't think you're the greatest at video games. I mean, uh, you I, can I, live I, on that pedestal. Excuse you me. You have not seen I wouldn't, me play. No, I wouldn't die on that hill, friend. <laughs> I'm going to show you my Madden achievements. No, I mean. Um, I, I, what's I that? No. <laughs> <laughs> the dork said what? Yeah. No, I mean, but they, they're right. And look, that's what's going on here. And that's what's interesting about. The NFL and look, social media plays a role in that because mm-hmm. you're interested. I've never been that interested in players' lives before, but you're yeah, seeing... social media pulls a huge. You mean, I mean, if we would have had social media back in Michael Jordan's days, do you oh think he my. would be as loved as he was? No. If you no. like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, do you think Larry Bird? Oh yeah, these guys are fanatics. <laughs> Joe Namath. Do you fanatical (laughs) players that uh you just you understand the threats of that kind of success can have on an on an ego like that Mm -hmm. and so you can see that happening in real time because now all those drama lines are playing out and it was almost as soon as you saw the headline that tom brady and giselle went and got their own divorce lawyers that the tampa bay buccaneers started just looking like dog shit on the field i don't think they ever looked good this season though to be honest with you but not you've never seen them look this bad i've never seen tom brady look this bad we've seen the bucks look this bad yeah, with Jameis Winston. Yeah. Yeah, not Tom Brady. If Tom Brady puts three fingers in his mouth in the shape of a W, it's over. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting because you can see it play out like that. And it is... Um... I think it's such a weird place to be in the NFL right now because... I mean, for me, because there's quarterbacks that we've watched come out of like college like Matt Stafford and Matt Ryan and 
Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, and they're all towards the end of their NFL careers. And it's such a weird thing because you have all these new guys coming up, and it's such a such an interesting mix to see where well, the I NFL think it's the first heading. time with us that we're seeing it that way because we've clearly watched decades of football at this point well yeah it's just it and it's so it's like fun to see a changing of the guard almost like and it's made football so exciting again because you know you know these quarterbacks you know oh the broncos are always good or you know the packers are always top notch any team tom brady's been on is top notch and it's so cool to see just such a change like look at uh the eagles and the and the Bills, all of New York's football teams right now are writing a different narrative. It's so cool. Which really see. hasn't been the case for a long time. Yeah. It's really cool to see. Yeah, I mean, it is cool to see. I think it's it's one of those moments in history where I think people are realizing how unique it was, just like it was with Jordan at the mm-hmm. time winning that many rings. Montana had his generation in the eighties with the NFL. Mm -hmm. Tom Brady was a dynasty. Those things don't come around very often. I don't know that we'll ever see someone win six. Not in our lifetime ever again. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. And so I think that's, I mean, definitely not in yours. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, huh. <laughs> on that like note, now would be a great a time break. to take a break. <laughs> and we'll have a little discussion so Charlie, after so Charlie can no. go cry in the corner. Let me go wipe my tears away. Enjoy the rest of my life. <laughs> we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back and change the subject from my age. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back. Father time here talking to the, the youthful. <laughs> Becky with the good air. All I have is old wisdom. Old. Let me emphasize the word old. I've seen a lot of football in my time. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. I mean, we I kind of started off on our first half of our show talking about what this show was and how we're like you guys. And if you're uh, at all like us and you are following, I'm like my wife watches. I shouldn't say my wife, right? Uh, Brooke watches a lot of crime, true crime shows, shows that are reenact reenactments, <laughs> reenactments of uh, you know murder and and like we were both watching the Netflix Dahmer? series Dahmer. We're in the middle of it. I can't watch it at night. I can't watch it at night. I can't watch it at night. I mean, look, if I lived alone. I would be no. I like, I have to watch it during. I can only watch one episode a day, and I can only watch it daylight because it freaks me out that much. It's so good, it, but it freaks you out. It is so good, and very rarely do you get to have an opportunity to see those things in real time, like a person like that, or see. And I mean, I'm that guy too. Like I am one of those individuals who. I'll hear somebody describe a person as, oh, that person's crazy. That person's lost his mind. And I'm pretty rigorous about that. I usually think that that terminology is thrown around a little too loosely. Oh, totally. If I saw 
the court case happening. Like if the court case behind uh, Dahmer was happening on YouTube, you would, I would, that would be a person I'd go, that person has lost their fucking mind and it would spook me out and I would know they were out of their mind and I would want to turn the channel, but I wouldn't be able to turn the channel. I'd have to see more. And that along with a few other people, I can tell you in a upcoming episode, I'm going to have to work on how I talk about, what I experienced when I watched the Pierce Morgan, uh, the person I've known as Kanye West uh, interview. And I've now watched him speak to Lex Friedman. I have some, I definitely would categorize for what I know or what I maybe don't know that that is a man that has completely become untethered and is in fucking orbit. And, um, but it's a sensitive thing to talk about. So I'm going to wait yeah. till another time. But you think it needs to settle, simmer down a little bit. This, uh, Yeah. Plus, I want to give myself, you know, I'm really particular about how I express. Like, I don't want to pigeonhole anybody. And mm-hmm. I definitely want to own my own opinions, whether they are ignorant, uh, short-sighted, if I'm missing something. I want to be the person who says, this is what I know right now or what I think right now. I might change my mind if I learn more. So I'm kind of not ready to talk deeply about uh, Ye's interview, except to say I think his fucking shoes are ugly as shit. Um, they're disgusting. I, I just think they're fucking ugly. Why? I mean, I'm sure people like them, whatever. Maybe I'm missing something. Again, maybe I, I don't see it. Too. Maybe I don't see it. But I think it feels I... like a uh, feels like we're being punked. It feels like somebody's laughing their asses off. They're like, they're buying them, dude. People are wearing them, dude. I can't believe it. Like, that's how I feel about it. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But fashion. We'll talk about it at some point. But my, I want to get to this example I was saying before about if we were to see Dahmer in court, Mm -hmm. we would, it would be enthralling and provocative and we couldn't turn away and i'm having a lot of that experience when i see this court case train wreck it is unreal it's like watching a car crash the waukesha parade hearing Mm -hmm. i'll why don't you give us a recap of what this is addressing for people who don't know what we're talking about because Mm -hmm. i got a lot of opinions about what i see in the when I watch it on YouTube. Right. So last November, um, I think it was like November 22nd of 2021, there was a um, a Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin, something they do every year, something that the community looks forward to. Um, and a man drove his SUV through this parade of people walking and I think he killed, what was it, five? Five or seven people were killed. Well, f- five, he killed five, and I think he injured several more. Yeah. And p- part of the people, some of the people he killed were children. Children and, and old, elderly, elderly. A majority elderly. of an elderly dance team, I believe. Yes. And, and I mean, you talk about... um if you might be listening in another country, which we know some people are, mm-hmm. there's a lot of that kind of celebration that goes on around different seasons. In the city that I'm in, in New Orleans, Louisiana, 
New Orleans is known for Mardi Gras, which is really all about parades and celebration. And, you know, they throw uh, little gifts out and there's just crowds of people. And in between these giant floats, there are people and dance teams and marching bands. And it's all celebratory. And this goes on in some way, shape, or form across the country. Sometimes during St. Patty's Day, there's the Macy's Day Parade. Mm -hmm. And Waukesha is known for this annual parade and that brings out the community and different parts of the community. And those kinds of things are great just to bring people together and Mm -hmm. enjoy something. And this is inherently where people let their guard down, right? I mean, I I grew up in parades like this, like... I did cheer and we would march in, you know, the Labor Day and Memorial Parade and, you know, like I did pageants. So we would ride in, in, um, different, we had so many different parades for different things and to like know that something like this could happen, like really kind of put. It's easy to forget how important those things are. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I would have really, like you caught, if you catch me at 20, and you go, hey, aren't parades important? I'd be like, what? <laughs> For what? You know, like I would not have gotten it. Right. And and but they are. I mean, it's it's a it's a it brings a people out. People love the the routine tradition of it. They did love you going guys, to a parade. They did you love guys have a, a um, homecoming parade? Oh in Texas? yeah, yeah. Oh, those yeah. were those oh, were the yeah. best. In Texas for yeah. sure. Because we had them. Sure. I know there were probably like 10 times more in Texas, but our homecoming parade, like, that meant the but world to us. Well, just to kind of make an example of how big parades are, it's it's one thing to say in a bigger metropolitan area like Chicago or uh, Dallas the yeah, they have some big events and big schools and lots of people. Mm-hmm. But the importance, the way to understand the significance is that small communities, like small communities, like Tyler, Texas, or uh, Rockford, Illinois, <laughs> Rockford, Illinois, or you know Lake Charles, Louisiana, um, little places that don't even come close to the size of those parades still have parades. Yeah. They still have their community come out and contribute and get together. And, you know, you don't think about the function of it, but it really is. Nobody's talking about politics. They're, they're eating funnel cakes funnel cakes and, 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 waving yeah. and catching candy and yeah. And, and the kid and kids love it because the festivities, the festival of it and the music of it. And, and New Orleans is another great example because it's certainly there's New Orleans, but the surrounding little cities all do their version of it. Yep. There's all, and they shut down the street and the police are there and everybody's in a great mood. Yeah. So the, the tragedy is that this, this would be tragic if it happened on a regular Tuesday and mm-hmm. somebody were to drive and hit a bunch of people. That's terrible. Exactly. But the fact that it's happening in a moment where just intuitively everyone's guard is down. Down. Mm-hmm. Everybody is presuming it's safe, it's fine, that there's just never going to be anything like this that's going to happen. And this guy, 
whose name spaces me right now because I get his angry name's Daryl. His his, his legal his legal name is Daryl Brooks. Yes, and we'll, we'll touch Brooks. more into that as we talk about the trial. But this why guy, we have to say his legal name. His legal name, Daryl Brooks, is a uh, standing trial. It is all over YouTube. It's all over the news it's and all mainly over everywhere. <laughs> And it's all over because the guy is representing himself and it is, it is insanity on display. (laughs) Is it not insanity on display? Oh my God. Yes. I feel so the judge in this case, judge Darrow or Dar, I think that's how you say it. Darrow and the prosecutors are freaking saints having to deal with this bullshit. It's hard to describe. Yeah. I like mean, if, and, and you, if you described it to describe. somebody, if you described it to somebody who like didn't keep up with current events, they would think that you're talking about an episode of Law and Order. It does like, seem that's like a television how, show. That's how comical and just horrible. And let me say by them. horrible, like this guy well, I just, yeah. is so out of his gourd that when they start presenting evidence about him, when they start, I think the one that stands out to me is the attorney on, or I guess the, he's the defense, right? And yeah. they're the prosecution. Mm-hmm. The prosecution yeah. is presenting the court with the findings of his legal history mm-hmm. and how he's classified as a sex offender yep. and why this person. And I mean, if you were watching uh, a television show, that was a legal television show. Pick, uh, like you said, Law and Order, uh, Allie McBeal. Like Allie McBeal, Private Practice. Right. Like it'd be, it'd be <laughs> one of these shows where if you saw this in an episode, you would just expect that this guy, that, that it would not be multi episode. You're like, like this, it would be the one episode. And they've, you would think they jumped the shark. This guy looks like. <laughs> like like angry Ari Shafir. <laughs> well, let's, but let's cut let's go back on his look. He's completely changed his look since he's been arrested. Oh, by cutting well. his dreads and say yeah, he cut when, his dreads and shaved his yeah. beard off. Yeah. So but you can't hide crazy in those eyes, man. Oh hell no. Can't I hide mean, it behind a mask either. <laughs> and I and that is what you're seeing. What you're yeah. seeing is this person raging, stewing interrupting the court not following procedural rules in the courtroom which is hard for me because again i'm not an attorney i haven't spent any real time in a court setting and all of my thoughts are coming from movies and television shows where i kind of expected any minute the gavel's gonna drop and she's gonna go take him away he's guilty he's in corruption of court and it's so much more civil than i would have expected it to be but this guy's i expect him to jump the table and rush the bench he had he's he's done a lot he there was one day where he took his shirt off and was trying to intimidate everybody um today was a today's day 16 um and it was he had gotten into it with the judge like he built a box fort around himself I missed this. I gotta watch it. <laughs> Did you? You didn't see anything from today. I didn't see the box. So he got he got kicked out today to a different courtroom. Um, God bless this judge. I think he's been kicked out 
at least 10 of the 16 days he's got sent to a different courtroom for various um, activities that he's done. And so they're doing their, uh, the judge is asking him if he's going to rest. And he just starts with the evidence box, just like building a fort around himself. And the prosecutor actually had to say, like, excuse me, judge, can we get, like, can we have the bailiff move the boxes so we can see him? Like, we don't know what he's doing. And it was hilarious. <laughs> well, I mean, and let me give you an idea of the 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 what I don't what I'm not what I wasn't prepared for is hearing the judge go like. I have to remind myself that from the judge's perspective. She clearly realizes that this person isn't mentally well and there is a kindness that comes from her that i don't have and yeah. i should She's i should I, I i do i do think that i should start there where i have to, like but i need like a little post-it note on the screen of my phone that says remember <laughs> this person is playing with 40 cards out of 52 yeah. right well, like i mean it goes back to one of our episodes where um brando talked about sovereign citizens oh yeah <laughs> because daryl brooks claims he's a sovereign citizen and he doesn't go by the name daryl brooks and it wasn't yes. him that drove through and all this other stuff and i think there comes there's some mental illness that comes with that whole i mean clearly. group of people clearly if, and look if the guy is somehow massively genius and in the end of all this he's going to claim insanity i think he's, he's i think he's proven he's convinced that me. he's not a massive genius <laughs> he's but he's convinced me that he's insane if he's playing us to get a uh you know a acquittal or whatever he's doing a damn he, we need to get him oh. in every movie <laughs> he's not gonna get acquitted yeah i mean uh, the 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 thing we're trying to emphasize here is that it's frightening it's unnerving to see the, the i mean you know that like to the point where in cartoons like if you watch american dad and there you see an episode of somebody go on like a comical killing spree doped up on cocaine and their pupils completely dilate and they go into this frenzy with a blank dead stare i have not witnessed that on a human often and yeah it is on display on display believe. in this yeah every single clip every single time i his have seen eyes him. yeah his eyes freak me out well, and i feel i just looks feel like so bad <laughs> Tell me it doesn't look like he's just doing it, like breaking into an eight ball every time before he goes into the courtroom. He seems oh, yeah. frantic. He interrupts every moment. Again, this is literally where I, every two seconds. It's like objection, objection, objection. Well, not even object. Well, not even that. Like there are times where I saw that where he would object, sustain, objection. Then, nah, nah, nah. like he, she keeps moving it along with mm -hmm. the patience of a saint, like you said. Yep. But she will sit there and let him argue. Let him argue. Mm -hmm. Like when they presented that situation about him being classified as a sex offender. Well, did, did you tell him that she told me she was 18? How about that? How about you tell? It starts getting loud, animated, standing up out of his chair. Like this guy looks like he is arguing in a bar. Yeah. And it, if he were if he were doing the same thing in a bar, he'd be asked to leave. He'd That's be, what makes me uncomfortable like, with physically it. thrown out. 
Yeah, he would be, the bouncers would take his ass and remove him. And then he'd be, like, arrested outside. I mean, they would remove somebody with that behavioral disorder. Mm -hmm. Or they'd and, put him in for a 5150. Like, <laughs> I mean, she let him interrupt her. The judge let him interrupt her six or seven times with several warnings before she finally said, please remove him to another room. Yeah. He, you know, he's been warned. I mean, she's given him multiple chances and multiple opportunities and she takes the time like to legally explain things because i mean you can't in a trial he's nowhere near an attorney yeah because yeah. <laughs> he doesn't he's know. like i don't understand whatever something versus something and she's like i can't explain that to you but if you'd listen to me i can help you get there by giving you what page it's on or whatever so she's just Oh, or when she's, she needs you know, a raise. Can we get can we crowdfund for her well, raise? <laughs> I mean, you you hear her telling him to that he needs to be quiet, and mm -hmm. he's like, "John, nobody's going to tell me what to do. Nobody's going to tell me what to do." And he starts getting all animated and chesty. And I'm telling you, this guy is out of his fucking gourd. Mm -hmm. I saw the the clip of him just. I mean. I don't even know. Today Lear. he was he today he was beating Lear. on the table. The word that I would use is leer. And I'm telling you how often I have used the word leer. And when you, if you want to know what leer, I mean we're talking about dead eye aggressively staring at somebody. Like, like I don't you're know. Premeditating their murder. <laughs> if you've ever pissed off a cat. Like, uh, Ooh, that's a good, that's a good comparison. If you've ever been in a situation where you have pissed off a cat and I have once or twice and that cat is just eyeballing you and you mm -hmm. know that that cat's about to jump and claw the shit out of your face. That is the look that this insane person maintains from the defense table where he's chosen to defend himself or from the other courtroom. <laughs> And he is just leering at the judge. I mean, well, dead eye to, staring at her. You also have to feel horrible for every um, witness that's been called. Because he's, yeah. like, he's tried to like make their worst day even worse for them by intimidating them and... It's all, it's all him trying horrible. to be intimidating. Yeah. It is, it is a, a, there's a lot to take in there, and I, I warn anybody that wants to look this up if you haven't seen it already, which if you haven't, I'd be surprised if it hasn't come up on your news feed or if you haven't seen it on the news. It is, I, I, I admire the patience of the attorneys on the other mm -hmm. table, the prosecution. I admire the job they're doing. I admire the judge for being patient and trying to give him good advice in spite of the fact that uh, he's clearly non-compliant, out of his gourd, has yeah. tremendous personality and angry issues. I mean, if you want to see what bipolar, and that's probably not fair to people who suffer no, from bipolar. I wouldn't. I call shouldn't him, say that. Yeah, I wouldn't. But if you want to see somebody who's clearly violently and aggressively issues. out yeah. of his mind, I strike my use of the term bipolar. That's not correct. But if you want to see someone who's clearly mentally unwell, and again. I have to remind myself because ultimately I get angry, right? You get angry, you get uncomfortable mm -hmm. and you, you want this guy to go to jail. 
You know, you have to remind yeah. yourself until the case is over. He's innocent and proven until proven right, guilty. You do have to remind yourself of, of that shit, peers. right? Yeah. Oh, civility is exhausting. It is. <laughs> How do you do it? And I also I look- feel horrible for the jury too, because I've been in a couple juries and first of all, that's a huge responsibility in and of itself to like sit there and know, like, especially in, in criminal charge cases where, you know, there could be a hefty sentence coming from your decision. Like that's, that's weird to think that you're sitting there with somebody's life in your hands, essentially. And then and to, to divorce yourself of preconceived notions because yeah. I definitely would be pissed off. Like yeah. I would be, I'd be pissed. I mean, who? And that's kind of that's kind of hard with a jury selection too, because it's like, how can you, how can you be biased when you've seen the news and you know what's happened? I mean, you you have a little, a little bit of feeling, you know. Well, yeah, certainly. How could it be an accident? I mean, but it's the guy just, accelerated. Yeah, it's just hor- It's just horrible to think that the jury is sitting there. And court is already confusing enough. Like, as a civilian, you're like, I don't, I don't understand like objections and all these like, motions sustained, yeah. and like I don't get like there are fancy words and motions, and you know, you don't know that you're not getting some of the evidence because it's been thrown out in discovery and. You know, like what you don't realize about a lot of court cases is there are multiple trials leading up to the actual trial where they discuss all the evidence. They discuss what they can and can't talk about in the courtroom. And, you know, like you're kind of like in the trial I was in, there were big pieces that were left out that after the after the verdict and everything, um, we learned that, you know, there was some some major circumstances and there was actually a juror who said, well, had I known that I would have voted differently. So you have to think well, about like, and that's, all, that's and all part of the so tradecraft of being an attorney, right? Is yeah. knowing That's where you get some really successful attorneys that are really mm-hmm. good at muddying up the water. Yeah. And it's just like, you just feel it. Cause these people, I mean, day 16 in, you know, you have to, you know, for me, like when I did mine, mine was a whole week. It was a whole week trial. I missed a week of work. Like. Yeah. And you get paid like, dog shit, right? For your civil duty. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, sometimes court goes like seven, eight, nine hours. Like. And then to have to like deal, deal with You're this. Right. I'm, you know what? I, I totally would be the juror that if that guy was leering at the judge, they'd pan the camera over to the jurors and I'd be leering at him. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm hungry, bro. <laughs> We're lucky that juries don't get to be on TV. <laughs> Why the fuck did you do this? Because like it's, literally like when in my jury, um, I was – so I was always juror number one. And I know exactly why I was because I'm a nurse and – it was a very specific case. I know I was, they saw my name come up and they were like, Ooh, she's a nurse. Juror number one, like the right. whole time, like they played people in and out, in and out, in and out. And I stayed in that first seat the whole time. So it's like, you know, you know, you're there for a reason. And the judge, like we were deadlocked for a little while. 
And he called us back and he's like, I'm going to make you come back for another day. And I just remember being so angry. Like my ears get red when I'm really angry. And after the trial, the judge comes up to me and he goes, <laughs> he goes, it was when it was before we had like mass mandates were in place. So you could see like my face is hard to cover. Like when I'm disappointed in you, you'll see it. <laughs> I wear it on my face too. I'm and totally the judge, good. like after the trial, the judge walks over because I needed him to sign, you know, a letter for my work. And uh, he walks over and he goes, you really scared me. He's like, you're this cute little, <laughs> little like <laughs> bouncy girl. And he's like, and then I said, you'd have to come back for another day. And he's like, I thought you were going to kill me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm definitely yeah. the same. I yeah. wear it right on my face. It's just, it, and it's like, I'm so thankful that like jurors aren't on television because like I would I put myself in that like if I was in that trial I would be rolling my eyes and like oh my gosh I mean I just think it's a it's a lot it's a lot to have to be a juror in a case like that but ultimately mm -hmm. I think I would be I would have a hard time being biased I would I mean the, yeah, the families and very, the people very, and you know the prosecution would be the prosecution did a really really good job um with their witness list and having like those people explain like how much of a traumatic experience it was and you know what it meant meant for them it they did a really really good job with their with their witnesses i mean you know it is not it is a difficult I can't imagine. Like, I, I really mean the mental health part of it. Like the judge clearly understands that this aggression and, you know, it's one thing to react mm -hmm. to that directly. It's another thing to have an awareness where she clearly does. And yeah. even the attorneys in the room do where they're, they're really having to play through this whole thing and give this person their their due rights as a, mm -hmm. as an American citizen, and he's out of his mind, and and violent and threatening. I'm and interested. I'm just chaotic. interested to see how long it takes the jury to come back. Five like minutes. I know, I think tomorrow is like. Uh, I think tomorrow is closing statements, probably because I don't know if he rested today or not. Um. But I'll just, I'm curious to see how long it'll take them to come to a verdict. Oh, come on. 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Well, I don't, I don't know. Cause I thought that about my trial. Like I really thought we wouldn't be there for, for five days after the trial. But you, that jury selection process, that's something else. It's interesting because it does it does give yeah well I mean there's a whole game there's a gamesmanship mm -hmm. to that that uh, I don't I won't pretend to even understand I vaguely get it that they want to they they're they're picking those jurors to try to get to the verdict that in every way possible that they are aiming for but this is one of those things where I just don't see how. Uh, and you, you know, watch it for yourself and you judge, but I don't know. I can't imagine the kind of person who's going to walk away from 16 days of this and go, you know, I'm torn. Yeah. I'm just not sure. <laughs> I don't, I don't see that. I don't see that. And and I, I question myself. It, but I just that, know that but... it, it could be a possibility. Like 20 minutes is a little, eh. 
Well, I'm exaggerating, but you yeah. know, I'm just, I, I know that they're, I trust that they'll do a good job. I just, I can see it I less think than can, a day. I think That's we can what guess I would, that I would put money on. I, I think we can guess that he's not walking out of that place of free oh, man. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. But no, look, because it's even if he does walk, I mean, the very rare, he should be put right into therapy and mental health services because there's, there's a lot going on there. So this is, I kind of, there's a lot of this thing that has been going around for me. And uh, just so I can avoid dropping into a whole nother hour of this discussion, because I think we've kind of <laughs> covered the Daryl Brooks thing. And I encourage people. Look um, it up. You will. Look it up. It you is, will not uh, be sorry. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I, I feel a bit bad by saying it's entertaining in the, in the best and worst way, but it is eye opening. Especially and if you're having a bad day. <laughs> Right. If you think your life is bad, this is not going to, this is going to make you feel a little better about it yeah. for sure. But I mean, the mental health aspect is kind of where I'm, I'm fascinated about it. Right. Because somebody like this, this guy uh, who's committed an awful crime um, or technically series of crimes and there's been loss of life. And it's, again, you're talking about, bias and i definitely feel my bias because i i automatically just have a a loathing of the person which is evidence of my bias already i don't know that i could be fair about judging the person especially if you add on top of it like he could be on his best behavior and mm -hmm. i would still be like this guy's not good right yeah. and he is not on his best behavior so it doesn't make it easy and i i kind of mentioned uh you know kanye west and I'm going to throw in here Herschel Walker to make some make a point about something. And I'm going to focus some more on Herschel Walker than than ye. Thank you. Uh, but we definitely will cover uh, that guy at another time. But with Herschel, and I'm not going to get into a political spin here. I want to point out that there are I'm I'm one of those individuals who will, regardless of my opinion, I'll seek out. Qual the best quality I can find that is opposition to what my initial take is on things. And for weeks, uh, I am not ashamed to say I, I, I've been really critical because I don't like anything that Herschel Walker is representing and the things that are coming out about the man. And I'm angry at him for being, for some of the things that are, that he's clearly done in his life that I think are just awful but one host from an up and coming news network that is primarily on YouTube, uh, one host who is British by birth, American later became an American citizen, had an interesting take. And in the midst of all of the back and forth about whether Mr. Walker is a dumb person or a smart person or a bad person or a good person or a misogynist or a hypocrite, like all of this name calling and everything, which are things that I, I'm not going to tell you what I agree with. I'm sure you could guess. Um, out of nowhere, here comes a person that touches on kind of the same thing we're trying that we're marveled about this judge being so disciplined about because off the top of his segment about Herschel Walker, he says, I'll tell you what I see, and maybe you don't see this, but this is just the way I see it. 
because I see a person who is mentally unwell, who's being taken advantage of by a political party for their own goals. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that I would have intuitively thought of or in myself, which I, I'm, I'm really critical, self-critical about that, that I, I kind of aspire to be able to push back from a situation, but I was invested. The minute news breaks that he's hiding the fact that he paid for some mistress he had to have an abortion, she also has a kid with him. You know, I'm already judging this guy, right? I'm already kind of disgusted about him. I feel like kind of pissed, not because of anything other than him just not owning up to whatever, right? And that all of more, more of the absentee fatherism than anything, right? That he's got mm-hmm. a litter of kids that he just doesn't acknowledge or take responsibility for. So I'm already not liking this guy for my own personal reasons, but I, I went right past the mental health thing, even though it's kind of on, a, on the surface, right? He wrote a book, uh, a biography. He talks about being diagnosed with very serious mental health issues and it's the butt of a few jokes out there but you don't hear a lot of people talking about it through several whatever you're reading in the new york times or the washington post or if you're watching uh fox or if you're watching msnbc if if it's fox and they're pro and they were trying to support him they don't talk about his mental health and if it's uh let's say it's msnbc and they're talking very critically of him and his views and his perspectives, what he supports, what he doesn't support, because he's running on as a Republican on the ticket. They don't talk, again, they're not, if they do mention mental health, they don't mention it from a perspective of, I don't want to be, I don't want to say feel sorry for, mm-hmm. but an awareness that there's a health issue there, right? Just a, just a, a, a almost a Hippocratic awareness that this person's, not well. And so to hear the announcer say that was a totally third rail perspective mm-hmm. that I appreciated. I really appreciate it because I, I, you know, it's easy just like, again, like Daryl Brooks, yeah. uh, where you're, you just see what's right in front of you and you react and that's most humans, right? We just right. react to that moment and, and you kind of fall into wherever your laurels are. Right. If you, you, you might just really viscerally not like somebody really viscerally not agree with them or whether that's a political figure or whether that's a person who committed a crime and it's all over the place, you just react. And it's, it's like you and I are marveling at the judge having this patience with him because clearly she knows he's not mentally well. well. Yeah, He's Mm -hmm. not well. And all this. And so that's like the first thing she's thinking of even though she's disciplining herself to fight off her natural reaction. Right. And where, where I think it, during one of the clips I saw, she's like, he is staring at me. It is making me uh, scared. Feel unsafe, yeah. It makes me feel unsafe. So I'm going to ask the bailiff to move into another room. Him. Yeah. And I mean, she's, I mean, that level of professionalism and awareness is impressive as shit to me. And, and it does help me to think of it that way. And so like, that's about the only thing I'll say about Kanye West. I watched that content of his interview with Pierce Morgan, not somebody I'm a huge fan of either. Um, Lex Friedman, who I am a fan of his podcast. And I find myself getting angry at Mm -hmm. what 
that at what Kanye West is saying and getting, you know, where I'm already falling into a position, you know, and I, I'm, I'm wanting to pick apart or have, mm-hmm. I have my own internal argument about shit. I get, you have those exasperated outbursts where you're like, Oh, whatever. Oh, come on. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. just do. And, um, and you know, like same thing with, with uh, a great example, Herschel Walker's on stage or, and given some speeches said, you know, it said that it, once upon a time, they said that humans came from apes. Well, if that's true, then why do we still have apes? And the intuitive person out there is going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Mm-hmm. Is this guy a fucking moron? Is he the stupidest person on the fucking planet? It takes a kinder person than myself to hear that and go, oh, this guy is not mentally well. Yeah. And maybe I should stop for a second before I just jump into, holy shit, that's stupid. Maybe yeah. you should start with, oh, he's sick. There's something going on there. <laughs> and, and I mean, you know, it, it does kind of bring us full circle to thank God for people like that. Thank God for nurses and people in the world who can see something awful mm-hmm. and think he needs health care. Yeah. He needs help. Maybe if he gets help, he wouldn't have these things, right? <laughs> Maybe he would. Maybe he would. But it's just one of those things that's kind of a parallel to all these. This, I mean, the Brooks and the court case with an awful crime. It's awful. It's horrible. Yeah. He's probably just out of his mind. Not as a criticism, but as a statement of sympathetic care the guy is mentally unfucking well and dangerous because he's mentally unwell and this announcer on the midas touch network which is pretty good i'm not going to tell you they're the best but for this guy to come out of nowhere got and say what he did made me want to listen to more of his content Mm -hmm. that what he sees is somebody that has mental health issues being taken advantage of by a party with plenty of ulterior motives. I mean, what would be better than having a senator that you could basically just tell them what you wanted and they mm-hmm. would give it to you? Right. Right. Pretty amazing. K- kudos to, uh, what was the judge's name again? Uh, I think you're going to, uh, Darrow. D. Judge Darrow. Yeah. And, uh, anybody out there. And who, the prosecution. Uh, <laughs> All of the people who are patient and remind, I mean, you wonder if they, like I said, I had to have a sticker on my phone. I bet you they just have post-its on their fucking mirrors at home. Remember, this guy is sick. Remember, he's, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, man, it is nuts and everybody should check it out so that you know what we're talking about in the future. Somehow be I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> you know what? I mean, let's just go ahead and, and say what we're implying here is basically going to pick it up. <laughs> Tom Brady. Yeah. He's definitely going to be a show. Tom Brady's also <laughs> mentally unwell, just in oh, a yeah. different way. Just and in a different way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this was fun. I needed it. It's another great, good episode. We'll leave the rest for you guys to seek out. We'll definitely be touching on this stuff in our next episode. We'll come back and talk about the verdict once we know what the verdict is and once we know how it com- comes about for uh, 
the man ofi- officially known as Daryl Brooks, even though he doesn't go <laughs> by that name anymore. Named. <laughs> Legally named Daryl Brooks. And look, by that time, we'll have more to say about um, uh, other people who I've mentioned in this particular it episode who are fresh. mentally unwell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but man, it is fresh. And it it definitely challenges me. And that's the thing. If you... You know, my my advice to anybody out there is maybe that's a good thing for us to keep in mind is mm-hmm. that maybe when you find yourself starting to get defensive or aggressive or or ticked off about people uh, and not saying you can't be or that you shouldn't be, but maybe somewhere in that mix, remind yourself that person's probably not healthy. They not they're not okay. well. I mean, they're not well. Yeah. Like one day you might have a mental breakdown in a Boston market because they ran out of cornbread and you just hysterically start crying. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. That cashier might think you're nuts, but it's okay to have a bad day every once in a while. Yeah, because one day you'll be a co-host on a podcast and maybe a social media manager for a network. I mean, you know, things are going to turn around. There'll be cornbread in your future. I'm going to have to tell that story because that's a great story. <laughs> we'll definitely hit that one up next time. I Guys, we went a little long. Mentally well that day. <laughs> Thanks for, uh, well, I got totally, listen, you tell your cornbread story and I'll tell the story about my sister unlocking my, uh, my poise and composure with the word pontificate. Oh. And I, I, I'll drop that on you. I mean, you, you have nothing. <laughs> nobody has the skeleton key to your craziness like your family. Exactly. I mean, and, and that is 100% true. So I'll 100% share our own versions of how we may not be mentally unwell in our next episode. Uh, be sure to come back and join us for that. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed what we've talked about. We've enjoyed talking about this stuff to each other we're glad to have you here you're invited to come back for another one uh if you like what we're doing hit subscribe i won't say pound the subscribe button because it makes me sick when i hear it but you know my stomach just just turned when you said that just press it with your finger give us a nice little follow little, little thing little thumbs up tell your friends about us maybe they'll enjoy it too and check out our uh, other podcasts our compatriots and the the roster of podcast hosts that we have and the Ruminations Radio Network by checking out our website at www.ruminationsradionetwork.com. And we will see you next time with Mitch, and we'll talk about his crazy, amazing nuptials, hopefully, if he's not too shy about it. And uh, and we'll definitely cover some of our own little psycho crazy stories uh, so you know we're not just, you know. We're humans, fingers. too. <laughs> we're definitely broken inside as well. And you'll, we'll tell you all the reasons why on the next episode. So thanks again for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>